Hello, everyone. Welcome into the We Know Fantasy Contributors Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Pintado. I know it's been quite a while since I hosted, guys, but I'm back. And I have a couple of, of teammates from the We Know Fantasy Contributor team. Uh, Justin, what's going on, buddy? What's going on, Coach? Glad to have you. Glad to have you back hosting this one. Looking forward to it. Happy Thursday, fellas. Absolutely. And Lane, what's going on, buddy? Not a whole lot. Teammates. I like that. I like that. We're like we're like our own football team in a yeah. fantasy kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, better than the Jets and Denver Broncos that are on. Oh team. my God! This is a mess already. We're winning. We're winning right there. <laughs> I think the only thing the only thing the NFL should have done is made this a color rush game to have some excitement out there, right? Yo, I miss those color rush. Like, yes, they were ugly <laughs> as all get up, but like it was fun. I loved to see baby blue versus vomit or baby vomit. Like that was that was the best game. Absolutely. And Joe Flacco got the play tonight, so it makes makes it all the difference, guys. Yeah. Uh, so we're here talking contributor podcast. We're gonna be talking COVID and we're gonna be doing some uh, players we're going to be patient on and some we're going to stop panicking about. But uh, before us, as always, please go check out the website at www.weknowfantasy.com for uh, all these podcasts, the thousands of articles that are being done out there every day for us. And our great lineup now, guys. It's been that long since I've been on. <laughs> at one point, we had three podcasts going. Now we have a podcast or a live stream going every single day now. Um, times have changed here at the We Know Fantasy. Obviously, on Mondays, same old, same old. The Mondays, waiver wire wish list with uh, Nate and Zach. On Tuesdays, we got a new series called uh, Slam uh, Samuels and Schlater. I hope I said that right, Sam. Oh, Samuels versus Schlanger. It Schlanger. is a solo podcast with two people arguing. There we go. That's it's even better. Uh, on Wednesday, Nate and the Fantasy Fro gets together and does does their thing for the week for you. On Thursday, obviously, we're here, the Contributors Podcast. Yeah, uh, again, yeah. on Friday, Slam, I'm saying it all wrong, Samuel versus Schlanger, right? Yeah, got it. There we go. I'm going to get it one of these days, guys. Uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I'm not one for pronunciation, so. Um, <laughs> and on Saturday, the DFS pod with the Fantasy Mechanic um, is on Saturdays. And on Sundays, a boy Brian comes at you with his live stream on Twitch to do a bit of, bunch of start and sits. Uh, we got everything going on every single day now, guys. So if you need fantasy, need your kick, we got it for you seven days a week now. So uh, we got a Twitch stream too. We are we are on top of the times. We're not we might, might not be ahead of the times, but we are definitely on top of the times. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I, I, should, I need to plug here too. I, we're, we're starting to add a little bit of a betting um, perspective in. On the, we did did it for the first time last Sunday on the Twitch live. So. Um, we're going to try and start doing a little bit more of the betting content, too, just to kind of round us out. Yeah, so help y'all make some money. This is good. That's all we're here to do. Win championships and make money for you guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, cut us in on that, on that, on those winnings. Yeah, throw us a dollar every once in a while if you can. Give us a cup of coffee. Come on. <laughs> we're talking, like I said, guys, we're going to be talking COVID first before we get into our main segment of the night. Uh, as you guys have, I haven't already heard, if you haven't, you might be living under a rock, but uh, the Tennessee Titans had to screw everything up and have three players test positive earlier this week um, and also eight employee, uh, five employees, plus another two people 
uh, tested positive today, which forced the NFL's hand and has suspended completely the Steelers and Titans game. Uh, at first, it was going to be on Monday, maybe Tuesday, but now it's going to be postponed. No com- confirmation has happened yet, possibly week seven. Um, but guys, what does this do now uh, for people's fantasy teams now that two set of teams are going to be on bye weeks this early without a whole waiver wire, basically, to think about it? So yeah, I think. Oh, sorry. Take it, Justin. No, no you're good, Layton. Um, so I, you know, for me, it, it's really you know we made it through three weeks. I think everybody collectively as NFL fans, we were all knocking on wood every every Monday once the once the week kind of ended, so that we could get through another week. We made it through three weeks. We kind of expected this might come up. This does hurt for folks that are coming. You know, waiver wires have already passed. You've got some guys that are you know. I got hit with both James Conner and Derrick Henry in the same league, so I'm running out four. 49 year old Frank Gore tonight. Um, so, so if you're, if you're struggling a little bit, we feel your pain. We're going to try and talk through a couple folks if we can with some of some of the roster percentages, but, but yeah, we're right here with you. Um, I think we're hoping, you know, if no more positives pop up, we, you know, we can get through with only one week, maybe being affected, but you know, it's the life of the pandemic, which thankfully. Yeah. I mean, so best case scenario, this is just like, because we've seen this before. Tampa Bay had, I think it was the first game of the season um, postponed. This was, I think, a couple years ago for a hurricane. And all they did was mix up the bye weeks. They had the bye week week one, which is unfortunate for the team. But, you know, fortunate for us fantasy players who had Buccaneers players for the entire season. Um, in an ideal world, that is what happens here. Uh, they, both teams get week four buys, which we've dealt with in the past. And it's, it's basically just one extra buy week and we can handle that. Unfortunately, if you look at baseball, um, St. Louis Cardinals and the, the, uh, Florida Marlins, the, the Miami Marlins at this point, gosh, I'm so old. Um, both dealt with this for multiple weeks. I mean, the, the Tennessee Titans were all together, you know, just the previous uh, just the previous weekend. So the odds of these COVID numbers staying low is slim. So we might be looking to the future. Talk to your commissioners. I think I think communication is going to be a big thing within your league. Make sure that you have a plan. Um, whether that be using projections as points or having a backup player that uh, if if there are emergency inactives, they get to sub that in and the commissioner can fix that later. You've you've got to communicate with your league commissioners and you have to have a backup plan for this because it might get worse. Yeah, that's those are both uh, great examples, guys, or in in depth detail for us for sure. Uh, again, there's not much for me, much more to say, guys, but. Uh, you week four people, even though this sucked, you got it lucky. I mean, at least on Sleeper and I think ESPN too, uh, they're calling these guys out or on COVID. So you can put these guys on your IR spot this week if your team allows it, which if it doesn't, definitely talk to your commissioner. And if you are a commissioner, definitely you should grant these guys that opportunity because it's kind of somewhat unfair. It's unexpected. They didn't get enough time beforehand to like possibly pick up somebody to have in for this week. So uh, it's an unfortunate situation, but luckily for you guys who have Titans and Steelers players, your bye week's now out of the way with, and hopefully you can survive the week and deal with one last bye week down the road. You have two people, they had separate bye weeks, now they had the same one. I mean, kind of just gives you one last shot to missing out on a full lineup. 
So hopefully, you know, you're not impacted too hard on this. But again, go out in the waivers, go find some players that uh, can help you out for this weekend. And just go from there and try to hold on to it. It's going to be a rocky season, guys. It's not. It wasn't going to be an easy one. So we're just glad we have football right now. And the good news Absolutely. is it's a rocky season for everyone. So <laughs> if, if you feel like you're struggling, you are not alone. Yes, and, and just kind of some some positive, well, hope, some hopeful positive here. Um, the beat writer in Tennessee uh, did say that talking to Mike Vrabel today, they're hoping that if they don't have any more positives pop up, they they may be able to get back into the building on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday of next week. So um, just kind of let's be a little optimistic. Hopefully nothing happened, obviously for the safety of the players, but obviously we love this game that we're talking about tonight. So um we don't want to see this be a multi-week thing. So I think I think most of these players are being responsible. Um, we just hope that that continues. And just a couple guys I'll throw out just for people that are scouring waiver wires like I was earlier today. Um, you know, these are Yahoo percentages. They could differ from, from league to league. But Brian Hill, if he hasn't been picked up on waivers, is only 19% rostered in Yahoo leagues. He's He had a little bit of a role last week, um, even with Gurley on the field, that Atlanta offense obviously has to score because the defense is, is Swiss cheese. So just a guy, a guy to, to throw out there for a little wiggle. Yeah, no, those are some great moves there. Also, if MVS is out there, guys. Uh, is uh, out indefinite with um, core sort surgery just happening today out of nowhere it seemed like almost but yeah if you have Alan Lazar get him out of your lineups and go pick up MBS if you can still this week so just another guy to throw out there for you guys for this week good point but uh, let's get into our main topic guys we're talking players we're patient on and players we need to stop panicking about um, Justin uh, we, as we talked beforehand we'll let you go first give us your first guy would be patient on right now so the first guy I want to talk about is Deshaun Watson. And if you're like me, you you drafted Deshaun Watson thinking that you've got a top six, you know, even maybe even top five, top three, depending on what Deshaun Watson shows up that year as a quarterback. Um, he has had an absolute atrocious schedule to start the year, something that I completely overlooked when I drafted him. Um, many of you are probably sh- scratching your head thinking, what you know, what is this guy doing? We've benched him some weeks, um, you know, but when you, you start the season at Kansas City, at home but against Baltimore and then at Pittsburgh. That offensive line is still gelling. Hopefully it'll gel at some point this year. But if you look at his upcoming schedule, there's light at the end of the tunnel, folks. We go home against Minnesota this week, home against Jacksonville the following week, and then at Tennessee. Those are uh, those are two division games, plus Minnesota has given up nothing but yardage all season long. Rejoice. The, the wait is over. D-Watt D- probably gets it going this weekend. I am inclined to agree with you. I am biased because I am a Texans fan myself. But uh, for however much I hate Bill O'Brien as a GM, he has continued to be an offensive guru in Houston. Um, he finds ways for to, to to scheme to get Deshaun Watson opportunities. And in, in times when he isn't schemed to get opportunities, Deshaun Watson makes opportunities for himself. My only worry is the health of the receiving core um, with Will Fuller dealing with a hamstring injury currently and uh, Brandon Cooks just having an injury history. Um, but as long as uh, as long as everyone stays healthy, I, I think you're absolutely right, Justin. 
Yeah, no, I definitely think that's a great example there. I mean, he still did pretty good for the first three weeks in a tough road matchups, well, mostly road matchups. So uh, it can only get better from here with easier opponents coming down the road. So Watson's definitely a great pick there. Uh, Layton, what is your first uh, patient guy? So I've got one that uh, I didn't think I would have to be talking about him um, at this point in the season, but Kenyon Drake has been, at least relative to where you drafted him, he has been struggling. Um, Reasons why you should stay patient with him is, A, he's getting 82% of the running back rushes, the running back opportunities. So you know he is the featured back. Um, And Chase Edmonds has gotten more targets than him in the passing game. But we've known, A, from this year, he's still getting targets, uh, Kenyon Drake is. And B, last year, we know that Kenyon Drake can do everything, and he was doing it last year. The problem is, and the problem with this season so far, which to me was crazy when I was looking this up because they're a two-in-one team, they have only held the lead 43% of the total time that they have been playing. And in 50 minutes of that, 50 minutes out of the 76 minutes that they have held the lead were against the Washington football team, who have a tremendous defensive line, at least they did before the injuries. So you're talking 26 minutes out of 180 minutes that they have been playing outside of the Washington game that they have held a lead. They've been playing from behind. And I think this offense is too good I think uh, I think Cliff Kingsbury is too good of a head coach, and I think Kyler Murray is too good of a quarterback for them to not be playing with the lead moving forward more often. So Kenyon Drake's going to just be an opportunity monster moving forward this year. Hold on to him. Do not sell low. Okay. Okay. I like that there, Leighton, a lot. I mean, I like Kenyon Drake. He's a pretty solid RB2. Uh, my only concern is I think over the next two weeks, his value is going to skyrocket because you're right, he's going to get better. And they have some pretty easy teams that go up against. But my concern is after the back half of the season with Seattle twice, I believe they play New England, Dallas, um, the Rams. There's some high-power teams that might involve more of a passing volume possibly. Uh, so that's my only bit of concern when it comes to Kenyon Drake. But I think over the next two weeks, he's going to show up big time, I think. And that might be at the end of point that I'm to sell high on him. But in reality, if you wanted to keep him all season, I think he will put up pretty solid high-end RB2 numbers for you all season. So, Well, to follow up on what you said there, Coach, and I, I completely agree with you here, Layton, throw him the ball. Like, get that man the ball out in exactly. space. Kurt, Cliff Kingsbury and, J- and Zach Taylor have to be two of the stupidest people that I've seen this season on the, in the NFL. You've got guy like all they need to do is turn turn their channel on last Monday night. I think it was Monday night and watch Alvin Kamara. The Saints get Alvin Kamara the ball out in space. He is the number four wide receiver taking away his rushing points. The number four wide receiver in the NFL right now as a running back. You have that type. Now, I'm not saying that that Kenyon Drake is exactly the same talent as Kamara or even Mixon is, but you've got those type talents in those backfields. Get these guys the ball out in space and let them create for your offense. It does nothing but open up. I don't like if they start throwing him the ball. Can this? I love this. Kenyon Drake is right there. Yeah, and that's a big thing. The pass, the passing ability, guys, definitely. I mean, Chase Edmonds has 11 targets to Kenyon Drake's five. That needs to change, guys. You need to get Drake the ball. He's a star on this team. So, and excuse my excitement there, as, as you can probably tell, I'm, I'm a mixing owner, and I, like I'm just waiting on these folks to throw their running back, their talented guys, the ball. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Uh, I couldn't agree more with you. Yeah, um, I love the passion, Justin. You keep bringing that. My <laughs> passion there. I like it. I like it. Um, my first guy of patience, guys, is DJ Moore. Now, he's right now sitting around RB31 on the season. Again, not what you expected as a guy you probably drafted as high as round three. Um, you're expecting more out of him and expecting to have more of a breakout season and see a touchdown maybe this season. Um, yeah, well, he's been good, and but not as great as probably you would wish. But the fact that he's been getting a high target volume. Last week was pretty bad. You know, only four targets. But the first two weeks, he had 21 targets over the first two weeks. And he had 120 yards in week two. Again, two games under 10 fantasy points in PPR leagues. Not what you want. But there's hope. Again, Christian McCaffrey will come back soon. It will change the way this offense is played. You know, Teddy Bridgewater's is first year in this offense right now. It takes time to gel without that preseason action, without a delayed offseason. He didn't really get that. You know, they're really learning and trying to figure things out now. A lot of people expect, you know, Robbie Anderson to be a big threat right now, which he somewhat is right now. But DJ Moore is still going to be the target leader on this team. I have no doubt about that, guys. And, and who they have coming on down the road. I mean, shootouts possibly against Arizona, Atlanta two times over the next four weeks, Chicago, New Orleans, a little tougher, but still manageable. Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Detroit, Minnesota. These are all possible games where Teddy Bridgewater can throw the ball. Probably it will have to more often than not. So if you're concerned with DJ Moore, don't be. He's going to turn things around. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet, which is a good sign because he's going to have to score touchdowns at some point. So hold on to him, guys. If you can buy low on him, I think it's a perfect time to do so. Uh, he's going to turn things around at some point this season. I'm right here with you on DJ Moore. Um, you know, Robbie Anderson has had a much better start to the season than I would have anticipated him to have. I don't know that that's necessarily going to continue. Um, he's he's for historically been a deep threat, kind of the bomb guy. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is not the person that's going to do that. Now they did surprise me using Robbie Anderson a little bit more under the underneath routes last weekend, um, where where DJ Moore really is going to make make his money there. So. I agree with you. There's not a whole lot to say here. Carolina is going to be trailing for most of the year unless they play the Chargers, I guess. But um, <laughs> I, I like this pick. I think there's going to be a lot of pass volume. Even when McCaffrey comes back, uh, stay patient with DJ Moore. Well, and and like you said, his one kind of problem game was in a game, A, that they won, and you saw Mike Davis get a ton of work because, I mean, the, the Chargers are not a bad team. They wanted to work that clock. And B... I could be wrong, but I have a feeling DJ Moore spent a lot of the last game with Casey Hayward on him. Casey Hayward is is still one of the one of the top five cornerbacks in the game. And Teddy Bridgewater is extremely risk averse. So he's not going to force feed DJ Moore if Casey Hayward is all over him. So I I I mean the Panthers won that game. Uh clearly Clearly, everyone on the team did their job. I don't think I don't think four targets is going to be typical for DJ Moore. But also, with the four targets, he had two receptions, 65 yards. The guy can make things happen with even a little bit of production. So I I, I agree with you. I feel great about DJ Moore moving forward. Yeah, guys. So hold on to him. Patience is the key factor here. Uh, so Justin, back up to you for your second patient player. Yeah, so my second guy that I'm going with here is going to be David Montgomery from the Chicago Bears. 
Obviously, Tariq Cohen just uh, got lost for the season with a torn ACL. Most people are going to look at David Montgomery and think, oh, he's not doing that much. And he, he really hasn't. Um, he is averaging 4.4 yards a carry. He's getting about 10.7 per reception. Um, he's caught six of the nine targets his way. Uh, you know, they could use him some more in, in the passing game, and I anticipate they will now that Tariq Cohen has gone down. So far, they have not brought another running back into that room. They were trying out Lamar Miller this week. I haven't heard on how any of that went to see if they may bring him in for some veteran backup. Even if they bring in Lamar Miller, he's not going to really, he's not going to cut into David Montgomery's volume. And that's what we're talking about here. Volume is king. Even when it's a little bit of medium performance volume, it's volume. And he's going to get it all year. I mean, I, I, I love that. If you remember last year, David Montgomery was like everyone's hype guy. They were waiting for the game that he was going to break out. And, you know, sure, it's a season later and it hasn't kind of hasn't happened yet. But Tariq Cohen has been a pretty steady, um, steady option for them um, this this past year. So without him, I couldn't agree more. I think they're going to use him more in the passing game. And he's a talented kid. We know he's a talented kid. He is going to break out. Yeah, no, this is a fantastic pick. Dave Montgomery was one of my like sleepers this year to really well, break out at least to do something really big this year. Uh, you know, he's been 15 targets on average. I mean, that's I mean, carries on average. That's not bad at all. And he was seeing very similar passing volume to Tariq Cohen. So now that Cohen's gone, guys, uh, just, he's just going to get probably about everything. I mean, Patterson's going to get a little bit of work probably, but this is Dave Montgomery's team now for this season. And and I think they're going to make it work with him. And now that Nick Foles is in there and he kind of make the offense a little bit more stable in a terms of, you know, the balance between passing and running right now, I think, you know, this is going to be a really second half breakout for Dave Montgomery and just got to have a little patience. This probably isn't the best week, the next, maybe even the next week to like freak out yet because it's going to be some tough matchups. But after that, he's got some easier matchups coming down the road here. So give him a little patience. I think you're do you fine as a pretty high end RB2 this coming season, guys. And guys, the Bears are three and zero. It doesn't feel like they're three and zero because of how they've been playing, and they've had their starter in Trubisky sat. But like they're three and zero, they're going they're going to be looking to 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 win out games to 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 work that run game to pull off wins. Yeah, I mean. I mean, they had two back comeback wins. I don't know if they can continue that all season, but I guess we'll see. I mean, anything's possible for Chicago and, and in 2020. So, all right, Slayton, what about you? Where's your second patient player? My second patience player who, and again, another guy who I, who I didn't think I'd have to be talking about is Zach Ertz, who has also been, again, like Kenyon Drake, he hasn't ruined you, but he has been definitely underperforming based on where you drafted him. Um, the thing is, the Eagles defense has been giving up an average of 29 points per game so far. and None of them have come against elite offenses. The, the, the best offense that they have played against was the Rams, who put up 37 points. So you know the Eagles D isn't going to be stopping people. So they're going to have to pass. And Ertz has had seven targets in each of his three games. Goddard is now injured. Rager's on IR. They they can't, like, Alshon Jeffrey might be back, but it's only a matter of time before he ends up injured again. They're going to have no choice but to throw to Ertz. And they're going to force feed Ertz because it's worked for them in the past. So I, I just, 
I, th- I think if, if you're worried about Ertz, if you're thinking about selling him, um, I think you should hold on. He's going to be better, much better moving forward. Yeah, I think it's just for me, it's, it's a target thing, guys. He's going to see consistent targets. He's going to probably see probably closer to 10, almost 10 targets a game now. Um, that's something you want in a tight end. Not many tight ends can see that kind of volume right now. I mean, there's very few that see probably more than six a game. Uh, and he's he's in that handful right now. This Eagles offense is in need of star players. With Dallas Goddard out, I think that just helps Zach Ertz to see even more of a target share, if anything. And... They're going to find ways to get him involved that helps Carson Wentz get the ball out of his hand quicker. They're going to adjust. They're going to figure things out and just hold on to him. I mean, he's still a top five tight end in the league. I mean, you're not, what are you, unless you're trading up to get Travis Kelsey or something right now, you might as well hold on to him. He's going to pick things up and, and they're going to figure it out at there at some point in Philly. Yeah, I'm right, I'm right here in lockstep with you guys on this one. You know, I think you almost could have, you know, to play devil's advocate here, had Dallas Goddard not gone down last weekend, would you maybe flip Ertz to a panic? But, you know, opportunity comes now with the injury. Um, he, he, he wants to get paid. Um, there's, you know, there's obviously the contract dispute in Philly. So um, even if he decides he does not want to be an Eagle for a long term, he's, he's job interviewing all year. So, um like you said, there's nobody else to throw the ball to. He's he's super talented. So, I mean, it just all makes sense. It, it'll start aligning. Yeah, 100% there on that. So, I guess I'll go to my second patient player, and it's DJ Shark, guys. Uh, yeah, DJ Shark has not been playing up to the standard of uh, – I, mean, I think he was more, I think, around a fifth-round pick. Uh, in a lot of drafts, maybe four, maybe six, depending on where you got him at. But definitely not planning up to the standard we thought he could possibly break out this season. Clearly, obviously, the injury didn't help. Uh, he missed last week against Miami. And there's a slight chance he misses this week. But uh, I'm not concerned just yet. You know, this offense is just picking things back up. I mean, he did okay to start the season. Back-to-back at least 10 games over uh, – 10, uh, 10 points over PP- in PPR leagues right now. So – and he was still pretty heavily targeted. Uh, and I expect when he comes back, they have a pretty decent schedule. I mean, they have to verse Tennessee again. They have to verse, um, you know, they have to verse that division. Now, it isn't really that good outside of the Indianapolis on defense right now. So DJ Shark is going to be in some games where they're going to probably be behind. And he's going to see a big, heavy target load. Again, it wasn't that so far this season. So people are probably concerned. But I'd be a little patient on it still. Uh, I think he'll be back if it's not this week, the following week. And then, you know, they had Detroit and then a bye week to have him recover. And then by then, I think he's going to be starting to pick things up. And this offense is going to be behind. And they're going to be throwing the ball downfield consistently. And DJ Shark has a great connection with uh, Minshew already. So I have no fear about that. I'm still holding on to him for now. And even if you can buy low on him, I would definitely like to do that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you here with Chark. I mean, we're kind of chalk across the board right now, kind of agreeing with each other. But, I mean, this is another uber-talented guy. Um, you've got an offense that's going to have to score points because that young defense in Jacksonville is not going to stop a lot of folks. You're going to have high-scoring games. You could tell that Minshew was completely affected by not having Chark on the field last week. He went from, I think, a, averaging a top-12 score for the first two weeks of the season to, obviously, the clunker that was week three. So, I, you know, 
be patient with DJ Chark. I think the chest injury is, is you know, he was more of a game-time decision last week. I'm expecting him to play this week from everything that I'm reading. So um, lock him into your lineups. He's going to catch the ball, and he's going to be that red zone target. They don't really have a big tight end, so it's going to be Chark when they get inside the 20. Hey, guys, you, re- you ready for this? First disagreement of the night. I think <laughs> you should start panicking with DJ Chark. Gardner Minshew has been an absolute phenom last uh, last game accepted. Uh, he he did uh, struggle last game without having Chark. The problem is Gardner Minshew spreads the ball around. When Chark was on the field, which in, in the first two games he was injured in that second game, but he still made it in for 79% of the offensive snaps. His efficiency was insane. He has not missed a pass that has gone his way. He's caught seven of seven, but that's it. Through two games, he only had seven targets. Uh, Gardner Minshew really is a, a phenomenal quarterback, and part of that reason is he spreads the ball around. You cannot attack Gardner Minshew by attacking his favorite option. Keelan Cole has had good games. LaVishka Chenault just keeps pushing for more time. For some reason, Chris Conley was the guy he was going to last game. And I think Tyler Eifert will be more involved in uh, around the end zone as a big target for him near the end zone. And don't forget that James Robinson catches passes. Plus, they brought in Chris Thompson, who catches passes from... Like, they just have so many pass catchers on that team. I would be worried... If I had DJ Chark, especially because it's it'd be really tough to trade him right now. So you might just be stuck with him. All right. I don't I don't disagree with you saying on that. I get it. I definitely get the concerns on that. hundred percent. I just I think that this they can find a way to get him the ball more. They the coaches seem that they need him. He was very important to what they had to do on offense, even though he may not see the ball often so far. I think it's somewhat of a turnaround at some point. And we got to remember, oh, so this, this think- is, if we remember, this was an offense that averaged close to 40 passes a game last year. So they haven't thrown the ball as much to start this season off. I think that starts to creep up more. Also, Coach, I think I think you're just into guys named named DJ. Like you like DJ Moore, you like DJ Shark. I think I think the name bias is getting the best of you. That's that's really it here. It may be. It, it may be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, David Johnson now. I'm just calling DJ too right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's let's keep things moving, guys. Let's get to the panic side of things. Uh, yeah, well, people were talking about we're panicking on right now. It's been three weeks, and we're like, whoa, we can't we can't have this. So, uh, Justin, let us know who was your first panic guy. So I am punching the panic button on Will Fuller, and it's not because of the talent. It's not because when he's in there, he's not getting it done. It's just the simple fact that you got week two or something phantom happens. He doesn't even get a target. Now he, cre- he creeps onto the injury report with another soft tissue injury. It's just a roller coaster all the time. I was extremely high on this guy to start the season. I think whenever he's in the lineup and he's feeling good coming out of practice, if you're just you have to you have to basically have your phone push every notification of a Houston Texans player to you so that you can keep up with with will fuller if you're an owner and for that reason i'm panicking there's another soft tissue injury here is this how long is this going to last if he's on there if he's on the field he's amazing but it's it's just it's just tough to ever know what's going to happen so this is i totally agree with you that it is a panic but in a strange way 
this is the most positive panic situation that I can possibly think of because there's something actionable that you can do to at least help mitigate your issue. And that is get Brandon Cooks on your team. Um, He should be extremely cheap right now. Um, He hasn't proved a lot, uh, but Deshaun Watson clearly trusts him. I don't think Kenny Stills or or Randall Cobb are going to be the guys that take over that offense. If someone, if Fuller gets injured, I think Cook uh, Cooks becomes an immediate beneficiary, and you can get him for very cheap. I mean, I've been panicking on Will Fuller since the draft, guys. Didn't like him as a draft cap prospect. Uh, I mean, the injury is a big thing. I mean, yes, he performs when he's on the field, but he continues to be a boomer bust guy who misses games, and you don't want that on your team right now. And the fact that he missed one game already this well, I think he was, I think he played most, some of that game, but he, I think he missed a good portion of that week two game. It's already telling of a story that's probably going to continue during during the season here, and I want no part of it. So, and the new recent injury is definitely already something that I'm panicking about. And if you can find a way to get him off your team, if someone wants to buy the hype that still might be out there, I would definitely do it. All right, Layton, you're up, my friend. Your first, but I was about to say bust, but uh, panic. <laughs> well, they might be busts, um, yeah. and and I say they because I kind of cheated here. I'm worried about the entire Ravens backfield. Uh, how I look at panic um, as a as a topic is guys who you you you're kind of stuck with because not only not only do you have them. You have to hold on to them because they have no trade value. No one's going to want to take these guys off your hands at this point. And the entire Ravens backfield fits that mold. So, A, Lamar Jackson is responsible for 36% of their rushing yards and 36% of their rushing attempts. Um, So, already the the running game is, is centered around Lamar Jackson. Plus... Last year, while they were by far a record-breakingly run-heavy team, they're only 11th in the league in rush attempts this this season. So there's just not enough to go around. And so no running back on that roster has more than 129 rushing yards through three games. And the worst part about it is that the, the 129 rushing yards isn't Mark Ingram. It isn't J.K. Dobbins. It's Gus Edwards, who nobody was talking about at the beginning of the season. So J.K. Dobbins hasn't been on the field for more than 43% of the snaps. Mark Ingram has only been on there for 42%. Gus Edwards even less. Like, none of these guys hold any value. And I don't think it's going to clear up as the season moves forward. You can hope for J.K. Dobbins. He certainly has the highest ceiling for me uh, going forward. But, God, it is miserable back there. Oh, yeah. It's like... This person is doing well in this. This person is doing this job, and this person is doing that job. And then you have Lamar Jackson back there. Uh, we thought maybe this would be a little bit better run game where they're ahead, and then Dobbins gets in for a good amount, or Edwards gets in for a good amount, whatever it may be. But it just seems like they're all being used at different points throughout these games here. And the fact that they're not just blowing out teams is definitely a major concern. And I don't expect them to continue to blow out teams each and every week the way that Lamar Jackson's playing right now and the way they're running I mean they're not running that well I mean they're running okay but the fact that they're all being all used in different aspects of the game right now it's definitely a concern to me right now so I like that one a lot 
So, so I'm going to kind of go against this a little bit. Um, I completely more disagreement. Let's do this. <laughs> I, now, let me let me preface it with I, I do kind of agree there's some panic here because you don't know where it's going to go in that backfield. But I don't have any panic on the Baltimore run game. I do, you know, Dobbins is really your late stash. So let me let me put this out there. If you have Dobbins, you're stashing them, and you're just keeping them in the back of your bench. If you, as long as you can can muster keeping that one spot save for him keep him there save it gus edwards is, is going to ch- chip in every once in a while but i really think that mark ingram is still going to be the back to go in the goal line situations he's still going to be a guy i think that could creep close to 10 touchdowns by the end of the year and i know how that sounds but like you know this team is going to run the ball you saw what they had to do what they had to do when they needed to throw the ball and what lamar was able to get done not a whole lot. They're going to lean on this run game. It's going to continue to be the heaviest run, one of the heavier run games in the NFL. Um, I, I'd start to worry. Don't know that I'd be full on panic yet. All right. And we got some more disagreement. I always love the disagreements. In the yes. Hit me with it. All right. So my bust and you guys, maybe you guys will actually disagree with me. <laughs> I'm a very small island of people who are panicking about Joe Mixon, and I don't expect him to turn it around, guys. That's my panic right now. I was a big non-believer of Joe Mixon prior to the draft, guys, and what he's shown me so far is exactly what I was explaining about. His rushing ability was high. He's got a lot of carries. I'll give you that. I mean, 19, 16, and 17. That's fantastic for a running back. We want that in almost every running back. But the fact that his efficiency is just isn't there, 69 yards, 46 yards, 49 yards, that's not great. And again, it's not all him. He hasn't looked good himself, but the offensive line is atrocious. <laughs> they're not giving it any holes. Uh, they're not actually giving Joe Burrow any time to throw the ball. So don't expect them to be up in a lot of games where Mixon is just going to be running the ball and running the clock out. That's not going to happen that much this season, guys, the way this team is looking. If anything, they're going to be in one of a shootout situation, but they're not even using Joe Mixon to that potential. Maybe they turn it around on that note. Maybe. But Gio Bernard's very involved. I don't expect Gio Bernard just to go away. I mean, he's always been a part of this team who's always been a pass-catching back. And you would have thought last year they would have figured, hey, Joe Mixon can do a lot. Let's give him the ball. Well, obviously not because Gio Bernard is being very involved. 15 targets just in Joe Mixon's nine. And the fact that they have A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, they have uh, T. Higgins now. They have even John Ross, who was a healthy scratch last week. Alden Tate. They have Drew Sample, who, again, last week was a bad week. But the tight end position was very involved. I just don't see Joe Mixon getting to that RB1 type this season, guys. Uh, If you took him in the first round, possibly, I would have advised you to not do that. I'm not expecting Joe Mixon, and I'm panicking on Joe Mixon right now. I can't get off the wagon, Coach. I'm not going to get off the wagon. Zach Taylor has got to be listening to this podcast tonight. If not, I'll have to tweet him directly and send it to him. Throw Joe Mixon the ball. Get the ball out of your young quarterback's hands quick. Stop looking for these deep routes with A.J. Green when he's not. He's catching less than 50% of them at this point in the season. Start getting the ball out in space and go for Joe Mixon. Don't panic yet. I'm holding it may I may ride it to my grave for fantasy this year, but I'm riding. <laughs> uh, I'm with Justin. I'm with you. To to say that Giovanni Bernard is heavily involved, yes, he has significantly more targets than Joe Mixon, but that's 15 targets over three games, plus only two total rushing attempts. 
it's it's really been game script, uh, which might not get any better. But if you look last year, we were in the exact same situation. Weeks one through six, Joe Mixon had one touchdown. Uh, sorry, two touchdowns. He got lucky in week three um, one, with one uh, receiving touchdown. Um, he only had more than 15 rush attempts one time. And then after after week six, they were like, oh, yeah, we uh, we need to get Joe Mixon the ball. And from that point on, he was an absolute stud. I think the same thing happens this year. Um, what Justin said, I, I think Zach Taylor would be foolish to not run that same pattern uh, as they did last season and, and feed Mixon uh, in the second half of the season. Not even in the second half of the season. They should start this this weekend. Um I, I am also going to say patience with, with Joe Mixon and contradict the coach. <laughs> no, I get you guys. I understand a lot of people love Joe Mixon. I understand that completely. But what happened last year and he start, his turnaround, they went to a rookie quarterback and they threw the ball minimally during that time frame. I think they had what – I'm looking real quick right now. They had just, what, one game over 300 yards after week 10 – I mean, that's the reasoning. But Joe Burrow isn't that kind of quarterback. Joe Burrow needs a ball in his hand to throw downfield. And that's kind of why I don't see a Joe Mixon turnaround because I don't expect him to get the ball 20-plus times and them to just play game management. They're going to air the ball out. Joe Burrow, he's looked so good. He's going to three-throw the ball downfield to A.J. Green and not score any touchdowns for us this <laughs> That's what you're getting right now, and I don't expect the turnaround. That's that's my concern about it. So, uh, but let's keep going because we're running low. We're running low on time here, guys. Uh, Justin, give us your second panic guy of the night. Yeah, so I'll close this out real quick. My second panic guy is Hayden Hurst. Um, a lot of people like like myself thought Hayden Hurst was going to be the the come out guy for the tight end this year. He was going into that Austin Hooper role in Atlanta, you know, know, a role that got you close to 100 targets last year, if not 100 targets, Um, somebody that could really get it done. This is a heavy pass volume. He's caught a couple touchdowns. I believe he's got two on the year, but he's he's really kind of become – in the last couple of weeks, what I would consider a touchdown dependent tight end. Um, he's catching the ball pretty d- for some deep yards. So when he is catching it, he's getting some yardage with him, but he's also only catching at a 56% rate. So he's got to do a little bit better with that across the middle so that Matt Ryan gets some more, um, some more confidence in him and really to kind of just show up with what people were expecting him to do in Atlanta this year. So I'm panicking here. I'm going to be quick, and I'm going to say I'm going to disagree with you because he is being looked to. I think the fact that that you say he's touchdown dependent in his first three games with Atlanta means he's scoring touchdowns in his first three games with Atlanta. I think it only goes up from here. I know they have a lot of pass-catching options, but he's the biggest, he's the baddest, and God, just look at week two to see how high his his ceiling is. I love Hayden Hurst going forward. Uh, I'm kind of split down the middle with you guys on this one. Like, I know that it was a reason why a lot of people liked him because of the Atlanta, you know, Atlanta throws the tight ends. And, yeah, he's pretty, he's being productive in, in small doses, which is a good thing. I, I just don't know how that's going to continue throughout the rest of the season here. I mean, is he – but he's not – the thing is with me, he's not seeing a, like a seven, eight target share every single game, which I thought it would be, he would be getting – 
you know, he's not seeing that consistently. So that's my concern. But again, he's new to the team. So, like, I'm kind of torn on, like, he could be better as the season goes on or this is what his role is and he's just been getting good touchdowns on good quality targets. So it's a back and forth thing for me. So, uh, Lane, what about your second panic guy? This one will also be quick. He hasn't he hasn't finished a game yet this season, uh, but you should already be panicking on Le'Veon Bell. Um, and this game that we're watching literally as we do this podcast is not giving me any confidence in the New York Jets offense. The offense hasn't scored more than 17 points this season. The defense has given up on average 31 points this season. They're going to be playing from behind. The only thing you can hope for is volume, but the offensive line is terrible. They just had another injury to start the game today on that offensive line. You're panicking if you drafted him in the fourth or fifth round, and and he's, he hasn't even started, a, or hasn't gotten a full game yet. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I like that pick a lot. I I really can't say anything bad about that. I I actually 100% agree with your complete take on that. I'll only say two words: Adam Gage. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Gage. It's. Isn't isn't it's an S. sorry you're right gay smile yeah. <laughs> see I disagreed I like, with Adam you Gase. and we had some more content this was good so, sorry two words Adam Gase, <laughs> Gase. <laughs> I was like who's Adam Gage like, is that a player I don't know about Russell's dad Russell's dad hey <laughs> <laughs> all right so I'll finish this up real quick guys um my guy here is T Y Hilton um. I didn't like the, the T.Y. Phillip Rivers comparison this season. I, I just didn't think he fit to what Rivers could do or like to do, really. And, yeah, he's seeing the most targets among wide receivers right now at 17, but his target share has been going down every week. Again, it, they haven't need to throw the ball, and that's kind of my concern. They don't verse any team that really screams out like, oh, this is going to be a game where Rivers is going to have to air it out consistently. I don't see many of those games, and... Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of running, tight ends. You know, Hillen will have a game here and there probably by the rest of the season that, oh, well, he's back. But I just don't see enough volume in this offense, especially with Pittman and Campbell eventually come back in this offense at some point. Uh, even with them being out now, I just don't see a – I mean, three targets last week. And Michael Pittman, I think, missed half that game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and no Campbell. So, like, I, I just don't see them having a big target share. So I'm, I'm a little panicking right now on T.Y. So I'm probably in the middle. I'm going to play middle here. Um, I'm, I'm holding T.Y. I, you know, I can see where you're coming with the panic here because we saw what happened when they had to go pass heavy the first week of the year and Rivers threw two picks. I know all too well as a Chargers fan about Rivers' propensity to throw it to the other team. Um, I think, he'll, you know, I'm holding Hilton here only because there's obviously talent there. He runs in, you know, if he runs in more of the slot role, you see, you've seen what Rivers has done with Keenan Allen in his career. Um, I'm thinking teams are going to start to key in on that run, that run heavy offense and try to slow it down a little bit. So you may see a little, a few more passes in the air. So I'm going to hold here. I mean, I'm looking at Philip Rivers history. Like the, the fact that he throws picks isn't a problem to me because that would mean that they'd be playing from behind more. The problem is he made Antonio Gates a, a first ballot Hall of Fame tight end. Like he made Keenan Allen, who is a a I'd say mid like he slot. Uh, he, yeah, he plays mostly in the slot. Not a deep threat 
the the best option on the LA Chargers recently. Uh, Mike Williams, who God, if you actually watch Mike Williams play, he might be as talented of a pass catcher, just like a, from a pure hand standpoint, as DeAndre Hopkins. But they could never get him going because Philip Rivers does not like throwing deep balls. Like, and I don't know, like I, I don't have the statistics in front of me to see if they. Um, support my claim but it certainly doesn't feel like he can make a deep threat like ty hilton valuable for the rest of the season yeah like ty just doesn't scream like route runner he's just he's to me he's more of a speedster like keenan allen was the route runner he's a Big fantastic facts. route runner so i don't see the similarity that people compared that when i thought when i heard that and i was like doesn't make sense yeah 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 but uh, we're, we, we did a long episode here, guys. So uh, we're going to wrap things up here. We really appreciate you guys for listening in. Uh, boys, uh, let everyone know where they can find you at on Twitter and anything you want to plug in. No, just everybody keep your heads up. I know the COVID thing has some people down. We're, all, we're, we're good. We're going to get through this. Fantasy football, is, fantasy football and football is here. And you can find me. It's Justin at JF Hornets on Twitter. Leighton, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me at LT Schlamuels on Twitter, um, at Leighton Samuels Official on Instagram, and definitely check out Samuels versus Schlanger. I, I, you, you should laugh at it, and if you don't, then I'm not doing my job. But check it out. I certainly laugh every time I listen to it. So yes, takes a All takes right. a lot of talent. I'm 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 impressed by it. Very much so. <laughs> but uh, guys, I'm Steve. You can find me at Coach Stephen P. And again, let, let, let the coronavirus make the fantasy season even more wild. It's just fun, guys. So uh, hopefully you're winning your leagues. Hopefully you're winning whatever your players you have in tonight. So uh, we thank you guys for listening. Tune in until next time. Uh, take care and have a good one now.